Welcome to another episode of It's Just Pennies. This is the Stock Whisperer. Before you enjoy today's episode, let me just state this. I am not a financial advisor, so if you're looking for financial advice, please seek an investment professional. The episode that you're about to hear is strictly for educational and informational purposes only. Today's episode is on the form 10K filing and what is being reported on it and what to look for. I hope by the end of this episode, you have a better understanding of the form and the information that is being reported on. So first, let me ask this. Do you even know what a 10K is? Well, according to Investopedia, it's a report filed annually by a public trading company about its financial performances and is required by the SEC, better yet known as the U.S. Security Exchange Commission. The SEC requires this report because it is intended to keep investors or future investors aware of the company's financial conditions and allows them to have enough information before they decide whether or not they want to buy or sell shares in the company. Some of the information that is documented in the Form 10-K includes its history, organizational structures, financial statements, earnings per share, executive compensation, and other relevant data. Now that we have that type of information, that is being reported on the form, I want to take a deeper dive and break down each section so you know what to look for. Now I have no intent on reading the form to you. You can Google that. But what I want to do is summarize and bring awareness to the type of information each section may cover. So the form 10K includes five different sections and we're gonna dive into each one at a high level, of course. The first section is the business section. This section provides an overview of the company main operations which typically includes products and services. So you'll find things like operating costs, seasonal factors, labor issues, what markets they even operate in, and even what subsidiaries that they own. So that's pretty much what you will find in the business section. In the risk factor section, which is the second section, this typically outlines any small risk that the company faces or may face in the future. Ideally, the list is listed in order of importance, meaning the riskier to the less riskier in simple terms. So let's keep in mind that with this section, the risks listed here don't always focus on how the company plans on addressing the risk. Some risks listed may be due to the economy. Others may be due to the industry sector. Um, region or specific to the company. However, regardless of what the risks are, nine times out of 10, you will rarely see how they plan on to addressing the risk. They're pretty much just making you more aware of the risk that they face. Section three is the selected financial data, which is just financial information about the company over the last five years. The section presents more of a near-term view of the company's recent performances. So in this section, you're, you kind of get a gouge of their five-year performance if it's all there or if they've been running for five years because some companies are startup companies. The next section is management discussion analysis section. This section identifies the, the company's financial condition and results of operations. Companies here explain its business results from previous fiscal years. This section is also where companies can tell the story in their own words. So things like financial results, liquidity, capital resources, trends, and maybe even any uncertainties will be found here. Material changes in the company results can be listed here as well. Commodity price risk or equity price risk also is listed here. 
Exposure to market risk, interest risk, foreign currency exchange risk also can be found here because again, they're telling in this section, they're able to put in their words, their own story. And then you can find information like critical accounting judgments, like estimates, assumptions, any changes that can cause a significant impact and financial statements, assets, costs, and net income. It's also found here. So an example would be that you, to help you out to understand what you would find in this section would be a global company may discuss how it handles exchange rate risk. A consumer company might discuss ways in which it seeks to meet the changing in guards, right? So maybe they didn't have a profitable year the previous year and the way business models are changing. A consumer company here may explain how they plan on adapting to the changing environment. Whereas a manufacturing company that relies on natural resources, they're going to discuss how it plans to assess commodity risk and conducts resource management programs. So those are just some ideas of explanations and information you will find in that section. The last section that I'm going to discuss is the financial statements section. This section is going to include the company audit financial statements that covers their income statements, balance sheets, and statements of cash flow. Typically, a letter from the company independent auditor certifies the scope of the review is included. Income statements and earnings statements, and you can find notes that explain the information presented on the financial statements, are all certified by the auditor from my understanding. I want to say this. Legit 10K filings have signed letters from the CEO and CFO swearing and confirming the information provided is accurate. That's very important to know because you may see some 10K filings that don't have any signatures and they're unaudited. So when you do see that, chances are there may be some inaccuracies and it may be accurate, but the company just didn't follow through with the complete process that they should have been following through. But it's definitely something you always want to keep in mind. Although this form can be long and a bit intimidating, if you understand each section, it makes it easier to skim through. Keep in mind, this is what I have identified at a high level, what I deem important to me. However, there may be some other things listed. So personally, I suggest maybe finding one or two that are small and reading through it. And then when you're reading through it, identify at a high level what's important to you. This will all help in your process. As you will see, especially in the OTC world, filings can move a stock ticker price. And if you understand what's being reported, you won't just be buying a stock just because they release a 10K without knowing what's in the 10K. Earlier, I said that this form is done annually. The exact deadline is dependent on the company's public float. So the float falls under three categories. And based on those categories, the deadlines is either 60 days, 75 or 90 days after the end of the company's fiscal year. So every company doesn't have the same deadline. So also keep that in mind. I know I've, I have provided a handful of information. So what I want you to do is take a minute, rewind if you need to, stop, replay it, listen to it multiple times. I don't want you to feel overwhelmed, but I do want you to understand that the information is out there to help you determine if a company truly deserves your investment or not. And also takes away from that mindset of hope when you're investing, right? A lot of people may find themselves saying, I hope this stock moves. Well, if you took the time to maybe read the filings or even skim through the filings, it takes away that hope and changes that to, I know eventually this, this ticker is going to move 90% of the time. So 
that's why researching is very important. Now we are at the part of the episode where I bring on the DD queen herself, CC Trades. We're going to get her input and what she looks for on the 10K. Welcome CC Trades. Today's topic that we talked about on Form 10K filings, let me ask you this. What do you look for in the 10K filings and why is it important to you? Hey, Star Whisperer. So with the 10K, I kind of look to see how has the company been doing throughout the, you know, the whole year as a whole. Um, sometimes you can't compare, you know, the previous 10K to the current one. That way you can see has there been progress? Has there been an increase in income? You know, pretty much the 10K, it'll have all the quarterlies plus the fourth quarter in it. So, you know, you may see some repetitive information if you've been looking at the 10 Qs. Um, of course, it's good to see has there been an increase in debt, um, an increase in income, revenues. Um, has it been a decrease? It's good to see certain things because you want to know, okay, is the company about to have a lot more dilution coming? If there's been an increase in debt, you know, convertible debt or notes. And so it is good to look at that. Um, also, it's just good to see how the company is doing as a whole. Are they being profitable? Or are they not being profitable? Um, also, you know, you, it can, you know, depend as well. Say if, if they're putting it out as a formality to get current and then they have some income coming in, of course, you're not going to see that reflected in the 10K until the next one if they're bringing in a new company, things like that. Um, so it is good to check and see, you know, what's going on. You may see some updates, uh, corporate changes, things like that. Awesome. Awesome. Anything else you look for or, well, you already told us what you look for, so let me ask this. Why is a 10K filing important in your research? Um, it is important because you definitely want to know, okay, um, is a company staying current? Are they putting information out about them? Good to know that. You know, however, as I did mention, sometimes it, it can depend, you know, if they're, you know, just like with custodianships, if they have new uh, management that's coming in, it may not reflect everything until the next one. So it can be important, but sometimes it's not, it may not be, you know, the only reason why I'm buying a company, of course. I'm like to see, is there going to be growth? So um, that can make a difference, definitely. Awesome. Anything else you want to say regarding the uh, 10K filings? I'm definitely good to check filings. I would say just a, you know, disclaimer, definitely good to know what you're getting into with the company. Um, see if they're telling a story within the filing. Like I said, certain updates that can make a difference. If they have, you know, cryptocurrency, a biotech coming in. You may find that within the problems. You can get the upper hand if you see that before others. All right. As always, you know, your insight is very helpful. And as to the listeners and based on the reviews, I see they, they appreciate it as well. So thank you. Oh, glad to hear. You know, I do appreciate being able to help out. All right. Now for the ticker of the day. Right now, this ticker that I'm going to provide, the information on the OTC markets appears to be outdated. So I had to do some deeper digging some googling I even went on twitter typed in dollar sign and then the ticker symbol just to find more information to give me a better idea and a better perspective of this company the way it trades right now it leads me to believe that it still has a low float and a real good share structure their last filing was about 310 million shares outstanding that was available for um, trading Currently, Synergy Management Group had to provide more information in the request for custodianship, and they're waiting for the court's decision. The way the custodianships have been moving on previously stocks, if Synergy gets awarded it, this ticker, along with the volume that typically comes in when custodianship plays, along with the volume that comes in with custodianship plays, it can move pretty rapidly for a nice game. I'm not saying it will. But I do know that some custodial ships 
that are considered low float, when they get a lot of volume, it shoots up tremendously. So it is unclear what's coming in after Synergy gets it gets granted uh, custodianship, but if they do get it granted, sometimes these custodianships they already have a company in play. So this is one I definitely suggest keeping an eye on because if Synergy gets custodianship, which I personally believe that they will, if they get it granted and then they announce a merger or anything involving with this company's stock ticker, I can see it moving rapidly. Now, if they don't announce anything, then you have to play it based on the volume and how you wish. For me, I like this ticker because of the things I just mentioned. This ticker is A-L-K-N. Again, that's A-L-K-N. Please keep in mind that I'm not trying to convince you to invest in this ticker. The purpose of me sharing tickers or even having people share tickers on these episodes is really just to share the mental thinking, the process behind identifying what tickers are appealing and why. If you do your research behind it and it's appealing to you along with the reasons I gave, then feel free to invest. If not, at least you know you're formulating your own process and your own way of thinking and know what to look for moving forward. Now this concludes today's episode. As always, if you can, please rate, write a review if the platform you are listening to allows you to do so. I would like to continue growing this podcast organically. If you have any questions or topic requests, please email me at pennystockwhisperer at gmail.com. Again, that's pennystockwhisperer at gmail.com. On the next episode, we will discuss Form 10Q filing and what's in that and why is it important. Other than that, Have a good day and see you later.